Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And let's go. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Listen, last night I, uh, I cooked a Hawaiian pizza and burnt it. Yeah, I should have cooked it on Aloha temperature. Aloha temperature. Ah, thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Oh, I love it when Duff cracks himself up. I think we've gotten a couple of decent ones over the last few weeks. Either way, we love Duff for sending them in no matter how good or how not good they are. And Duff is actually uh, in Europe. He sent that one from Seville. The Barber of Seville, Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. That's in Spain, of course. So thanks to Duff for sending us jokes while he's on tour in Europe with Guns N' Roses. And thanks to you for buying a ticket to the Winnipegger's 100th anniversary Shit Mix Celebration live pay-per-view. That's right. We hit 100 episodes and we're blowing it out with a live show on June 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Come celebrate with us. Lots of shenanigans, kazoo playing, imitations, hand-drawn artwork, which will be given away during the show. Tickets available at momenthouse.com slash the Winnipeggers. It is going to be a rock and roll party for sure. We're even doing an exclusive VIP after party on Zoom. That's limited to 50 fans. June 13th, get tickets at momenthouse.com slash the Winnipeggers. It is our 100th episode. Can you believe it? And I'm also headed to the UK in July for the Jericho Chronicles, telling different stories at each show and doing fan Q&As. Glasgow, Scotland, July 4th at SWG. July 5th in Belfast, Ireland at Limelight. July 6th at London uh, at The Grand. Tickets available now at itrtix.com. It is going to be a blast. We always have a good time doing the spoken word shows. So come on down, Glasgow, Belfast, London. Tickets at itrtix.com. You can get some VIP meet and greets for that. And, of course, Fozzie's Save the World Tour starts again in September. We had so much fun this spring. We're already heading back out starting September 8th in Columbus, Ohio at the King of Clubs. We're doing some dates in Toronto and Montreal and Canada as well. We're also going back to the U.K. in November. We're hitting Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and England. So go to FozzyRock.com for all the dates, all the shows, all the ticket information. And don't forget our legendary VIP meet and greets available as well. We do a mini concert for you. We meet you. We greet you. Lots of international uh, Fozzy touring coming up. We're very excited. Doing nine countries in the fall between Canada, the United States, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, uh, England. And, of course, we're doing Australia and New Zealand in December. Go check all of that out, Chris Jericho. Uh, Coming to town, Fozzie coming to town at FozzieRock.com. And also, too, lots of stuff going on. Don't forget Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, the Four Leaf Clover. We are setting sail February 2nd, 2023 from Miami to Grand Stirrup K. Uh, great lineup of talent joining us, going to our own private island. It's the vacation of a lifetime. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't you dare miss it. And actually, this... Uh, uh, our guest today might even be on the Jericho Cruise, uh, the Four Leaf Clover, talking about Tony Storm, explaining all the events and circumstances surrounding her decision to leave WWE and why when that day came, she uh, even she was shocked that she quit. It was a last-minute kind of built-up, pent-up decision. She talks about her time at NXT, what she learned from Shawn Michaels, Scotty Tuhati, Road Dog, and why she thinks things didn't work out for her there. Tony's also talking about her huge AEW debut, what it's been like for her in the ring and in the locker room, and how it's reignited her passion for pro wrestling. You'll hear stories about Tony being stuck in London during the height of the pandemic, wrestling in empty arenas like we all did, and even what Vince McMahon said to her just before she quit. 
Tony also talks about her time wrestling for stardom in Japan. She was a huge star there. Why she's excited to wrestle there again. So many great stories from Tony Storm right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. So one of the uh, biggest mysteries of the last, I'd say, year in wrestling is what is going on with Tony Storm. And there's a lot of questions and a lot of uh, theories and rumors. And then finally, about a month ago, you finally uh, showed up in AEW, which you and I have been talking about for a while. Yeah. About the, the thought of it, the possibility of it, maybe having you come in. So I mean, there's a lot to discuss. But so far, how has your AEW experience been going? I mean, so far, I'm having the best time. I really am. <laughs> now, in what way? Tell me why. Uh I feel like I found my love for wrestling again. Not that it ever went away. I mean, it's always been there, of course, but I feel like I'm myself again. Uh-huh. And I feel very focused and I feel very I feel very good about everything that's happening and I and I wake up and I'm smiling a lot more. So mm. <laughs> Was it something that you were a little bit hesitant at first? Cuz I I know just from my experience when we started talking about doing this I was kind of in the same boat as you. I went to New Japan, which kind of reignited the fire. But I didn't know for sure what to expect when I came here. How was it for you? And and because, like I said, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people before you actually stepped into the doors. So a lot to unpack here. (laughs) (laughs) We're here for Jericho's luggage shop. Where the hell do I start? Um, The day that I quit, I got to be honest with you, that morning where I woke up, I had no idea that I would be quitting by that night. I had no idea that that's what I was about to do. It kind of caught me off guard. But I feel like a lot had led up to that point. Uh, Yeah, it's just so much went down. And it's been hard for me to put into words, even think about, like, what am I going to say to people when they they ask me, like, why'd you quit? What happened? And there's so many reasons. Uh, Why don't we start from the start? We can can (laughs) jump around a little bit since we're on this topic. And it obviously is something that's been weighing on your mind. What exactly happened with you in WWE? Because when when you came to the company, uh, and you can kind of fill in the details that if you started in uh, NXT UK or whatever it was, yes. you were like probably the biggest international name, at least from what I know from women's wrestling, from stardom and everything. Tony Storm, the look, the the matches, the the match quality, basically a total package, can't miss, no brainer. Guess what? But so kind of tell lead us how you ended up in, in, in WWE in the first place. I was living in the UK. I was bouncing back from Japan a lot, doing a lot with stardom, doing a lot all over the UK. I was working for a company named Progress. And then uh, one of the WrestleMania weekends, I think it was 2017, they had Progress on Access. So I kind of weaseled my way in through doing that. And then they had the Mae Young Classics. So I, I got to go out there and do those and, and everything was a really good experience. And then I was there when NXT UK opened up and was uh, a big part of that. And I loved it. And then after I lost the title, I thought it's time to go. So just before you, so the initial idea of NXT UK was, was because the, the thought was to brand NXT all around the world yeah. and it started in the UK. So you originally sign with the company but knowing that you're going to kind of be in the outposts of the UK for a while? Yeah. Is that what the idea was? Yeah, and I was quite happy with that. I loved I loved what was going on there. I loved uh, my position there. and then, But after a while, I was like, it's time. I need to move to America. If I'm going to make something of myself, I need to go to where it all happens. And there was a huge palaver with that, hard to get into. Um, like with moving, that was a, a whole thing. 
from the UK to the States? <laughs> yeah, I got I got trapped out in uh in England. Was this during the pandemic? Yeah, oh. I was I was told like, yeah, you can move. So I, I packed up my apartment, I got rid of everything. I went all the way down to London from Liverpool, time to go, and they wouldn't let me and yeah, uh, long story short, I ended up living with uh, Will Ospreay and B Priestley and Jamie Hayter, of all people, <laughs> in London because I literally had nowhere to go. I, I thought, oh, I'm about to go to America and start a life in Orlando, and then I was stuck. <laughs> so they wouldn't let you out of the country? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get out, um, despite WWE said, like, yeah, it's good to go, but obviously like, there was all these, I mean, no one knew really what the deal was with the whole pandemic and what that did to your visa so there i found myself stuck in london for months it's but then that's the same thing yeah. happened with sadie gibbs who was working here she was about to move to atlanta she got stuck and then that was the yeah. end for her yeah, yeah. yeah. and <laughs> eventually um long story short went to mexico for two weeks and that's got right it. <laughs> because you had to quarantine kind of in a neutral yeah. country before you could finally come here so that was fun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i got to hang out in mexico for in cancun for two weeks by myself it was kind of weird but good yeah uh but then i finally made my way to nxt and then eventually smackdown and then yeah how do i how do i explain how it all went down from there well uh, let me help you out a bit so when you finally get to nxt us the yeah. nxt uh, where you kind of met with open arms, big brouhaha, big push, all that sort of thing? Uh, kind of. Um, yeah. I didn't do as much as I thought I would do uh -huh. in NXT. I thought there would be, um, I would do a lot more, but that was all right. I, I figured then I got moved to SmackDown. I thought, here we go. This is it. This is going to be good. And things worked out a little differently. What were you told when you, when you go to SmackDown from NXT? Because like I said, it's a no-brainer to me. Because just as an interjection, when I saw the Tony Storm 2019, 18, whatever, it's kind of like this girl that young girls might, you know, uh, empathize with and idolize and be influenced by. You know, it's just a very kind of a cool, like this Tony Storm that you were doing when you were 21 might not work when you're 27, 28. Yeah. And I was like, what are they waiting for for her? You know, and that's to me was that instantly was like, she's already there. Bring her up. Let her <laughs> Who knows? have the 16 year old girls think like, oh, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. When I quit, a lot of people suspected burnout. But I mean, I got to be honest with you. I just I was totally unhappy. I wasn't burnt out. I mean, I was in catering most of the time, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm complaining. And I, I, I obviously don't want to bury the place at all. I don't want to say anything bad. No, because, no, we're not bad. This is, to this be is honest, you. I'm really grateful for the whole thing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know what? Like, I... Okay, it all ended badly as all doom and gloom, whatever, but I still had the best time and I got to learn a lot from a lot of people and I'm really grateful for all of it. I don't I don't want anyone to think that I'm like, I hate WWE and No no, but but yeah. sometimes things don't work out the way that you yeah. wanted them to or the way that you expected them to. So when did you start feeling like you get called to SmackDown, obviously you're very excited. Yeah. Was there a plan for you at first, a thought, an there idea? There seemed to be. They, they put me in a debut match. That seemed to go well. And it, it seemed like that something was going to happen. And then nothing really did. And then there was bits and pieces here and there. Like, uh, oh, you're in love with Rick Boogs and the love triangle with Dolph Ziggler. And then it never really went anywhere. And mm. just bits and pieces here and there. And then I did. Uh, I, and then I was working with Charlotte. And stuff seemed to be picking up from there. But then... With a lot of uh, contributing factors, kind of just led to me saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore, and I need to, I need to change my life because 
to be honest, I'm so depressed here. And there's, <laughs> it's so hard to explain that to people, but I, you know what I mean? Like people who haven't been there and, and haven't experienced it. And it wasn't like there was one big moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm quitting. It, it was just so many things. And every week I couldn't help but think that maybe this isn't the place for me. And it's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I just... You know, it's it's weird, but, but I can understand it completely because that's what it was like. You know, and once again, this is not bashing companies. This no. is, I'm sure you know, hockey players or football players get traded to a team and don't get the ice time or the, or the you know, the, the playing time they expected and you want out. And yeah. when I was in WCW, for example, our whole gang, Eddie Guerrero and Benoit and Dean Malenko, we saw this love of wrestling just deteriorating to where it was like, why are we even here? We're not getting a chance to really do much. This isn't what, not what we signed up for. It's not what we, what we know we can do. Yeah. Was that kind of what you were That's exactly how to? I felt, really. I just, from the way things were going, the way it was looking, and overall the way it felt, I was like, this isn't looking good for me. I just don't see myself coming out of this. And I'm, and also, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having fun. To be honest, I'm kind of dreading going to work each time. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like there was a lot of uh, times where uh, there wasn't much respect for my time and... You know, it just it got me down. It got me really low. Um, eventually, I lost it. I totally lost my mind. I totally uh, was out of my mind. I stopped eating. I stopped sleeping because really? this was like depression. I was hugely depressed. Yeah, because I guess in my head, this was everything that I had worked my life towards since I was a ten-year-old girl and. I, uh, this this is it. Here I am. This is my dream. This is what I was born to do. It was so hard to come to terms with the fact that this is like just because this is what I wanted when I was a kid, it doesn't mean that it's right for me. And it, and also like this isn't the be all and end all of wrestling. There's right. other places. There's other things to do. And there was a lot of stuff that I did before this that brought me way more joy than I realized. I guess like going to Japan, doing all those really cool things. Um, it, it was weird. It got to the point where I was like, I'm at WWE, my so-called like dream, this everything right. I've ever wanted. But I'm I I would rather be setting up a ring in Japan somewhere right now. I just don't feel like this is. There's nothing worse than being in a position where it's just not. You don't feel it's right for you. So let me ask you a couple of deeper questions. So why why would setting up a ring in Japan? be more gratifying than what you were doing in WWE? It's... Lo love of the business? Yeah, I just, I didn't... Ever since I quit, I've been trying to think of what the answer to that is, and I just... I just hated it. It's, I, I guess I just quit for the same shitty reasons that you leave any job, mm. I, I guess, and it doesn't help that there's a lot of other people that don't like it either. And I was kind of, I kind of looked around the room at one point and thought, this is like kind of miserable and I don't want mm. this for my life. Mm. I don't, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be doing something that isn't making me feel excited or happy because the way I've seen it is I've gone hard. I've chased this for so long. I haven't stopped. I haven't gone home in years. Like, I've just given and given and given and I'm not, ah, like I'm not feeling the way I should be feeling. It was just so, um, frustrating and 
I yeah, it caused me to totally just lose Did it. Did you ever um, like discuss this with anybody there? Like, were you ever told about any stories or? Because you weren't used for a long period of time. Was there ever any reason given for that? Every week it was kind of just the same thing. Oh, sorry, like other stuff is on today. And it's just like, okay, whatever, that's cool. You got nothing for me, that's fine. But, well, I better go and create work for myself then and we'll do something for myself because I'm on borrowed time here. Like, I don't have, I, I don't want to spend my 20s just like, not getting shit sitting done and catering, sitting right. and catering yeah like i'm it's not like oh i'm gonna retire tomorrow but i'm not like mm-hmm. this isn't gonna last forever this is very precious time we already missed out on so much time during the pandemic There's, i feel like all these years of my career have been taken off and i need to do something fast and this is to be honest quite embarrassing <laughs> you know? like, yeah like the yeah like the, the stuff that i was getting to do i, I don't want to sound ungrateful or like you know, sound that that's the thing. I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or I'm ungrateful or or anything like that. I just don't think that it was No, but you, you can read the room and this isn't sounding ungrateful because it's not like you like I was working man events and I was making millions of dollars and I hated it. That might be a little bit different. But when I remember like I remember in WCW, they would call you, tell you if you're on Nitro. And it was Paul Orndorff, and he, it was back in the days of an answering machine. They would read every single person on the list that was needed for Nitro. It must have been kind of a group call or something. And I remember just sitting there, just waiting, because there's enough to be able to order. Oh, they're on H, they're on I, they're on G, I'm not on again. <laughs> and then when I was on in HI Jericho, I would literally like be jumping up and down and like so excited. And then I'd get there and, you know, to lose 30 seconds to, you know, Sergeant Craig Pittman or something like that. But... If you're just if you're not factored in, you're not factored in, and it's very frustrating, and it's very yeah. demoralizing, and it's very embarrassing. It was like embarrassing. I'm so sorry. Like that. I, I I have to laugh now because it's all done. But yeah. there was just so many times where I was like, I feel embarrassed. I don't this. I I don't fit in here. This is not me. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought it was. I guess I got. I guess I'm a f-ing idiot. I got it wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But this is. But like you said, yeah. that's kind of the, the overall dream is WWE because it is the biggest company in the world, and it was kind of the mountain for a lot of people. And you said it's hard to to put it into words, but I don't even know if this is even a question to ask. But two questions: one, did somebody just not like you? No, no. I, I, you know what? I, I well, you know what? I don't actually know. Yeah. I felt like it was, you know. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I felt like I was doing okay. In fact, Vince seemed quite high on me on my last day. Vince was uh, taking time to talk to me. And I don't know. Stuff seemed like it was starting to get moving, but I just didn't trust it. I just didn't. It, something didn't sit you? right with me. He was giving me some guidance on what he thinks I should do and this, that, and the other. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm really grateful for the opportunity, but no thanks. That's so, so what finally, uh, and it could have just been a million things, but how did you finally say it? Because you said you woke up in the morning. <laughs> And didn't have any intention at the end of the day. You've quit your job. So it was totally <laughs> weird. I got it. I should. I should really tell the story because I just, I caught myself off guard. I don't quite know where it came from. <laughs> so obviously the, the frustration, it had built at this point. It also doesn't help that like, everyone I know doesn't really have a good thing to say about it. Also, my my own husband left for the same silly old reasons. So and your it, husband all, is... is, is Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, and, right. And he, I was going to say CJ Parker. Yeah, CJ. Juice yeah. Robinson. That was his name and, in, w, in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, it's hard for him to keep encouraging me to 
to keep going when he's gone through all the same stuff. Because he did the same thing, left because he felt he wasn't he just, getting the chance. Just, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, if anyone asks, it's C.J. C. Parker's route. It's all the same thing. But, like, it's it got harder and harder for him to keep telling me, like, just keep going, just keep trying. It, it was, like, Christmas time, and I had about five shows, like, a big loop to go. I had, like, uh, Tampa, Orlando, I think it was DC, Baltimore, Albany. I'm ready to do this shit. I've booked everything. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start work, and here we go. <laughs> I'm ready to f- do this. And then... um then Christmas Eve, I get told, oh, you're just on one of them. You're just on the Tampa one. I'm like, all right, fine. No problem. Whatever. I go to the Tampa one. I don't have a match. It's like a the run around the 24-7 title thing with Dana Brooke. That's fine. Okay, cool. Fine. Shit happens. It's Christmas time. It's busy. I get it. The next day, uh, I get a phone call in the afternoon saying, you, know, you, you realize you're on the show tonight, right? I'm like, no, but like... <laughs> I will be there. And this show is Orlando? In Orlando. Where you live. Where I live. So okay. that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, I kind of had a feeling this would happen. Right. <laughs> but see you tonight. I'm there. And then I go and I wrestle Sasha and Charlotte for the title. Cool. I'm uh, Here we go. We're, we're moving. And then following this is that three-day loop. And I was told, I was confirmed numerous times with numerous people, you're not on it, you're not on it, you're not on it. So... I'm up all night regardless. Like, they're going to put me on it. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be yeah. ready. 6 a.m. flight is when everyone's leaving and I could be what they they might, you know. Right. All right. 6 a.m. comes, nothing. How about I don't hear from them? Nothing. It's all good. I, I, I get on with the day as normal. I go to the dentist, say 11 o'clock. I'm laying in the chair. Tubes in my mouth, getting work done. Right. My phone starts just going insane off the hook. They, they need me to be on a plane in like two hours. And like it's, it's it's not. Oh, how do you even say no? Like you can't say no because you know then it's then you get heat. So you just kind of backed into a corner. I have to do this. I actually want to do this, but it's been made extremely difficult for me at this point. Nonetheless, I'm pulled out of a chair. I I race home, grab my things, try. I get to the airport. I, I'm running around all day, like. Keep in mind, there's all this pent-up frustration as it's just building and building and building for months and months and months. And then I, I get to the show and it's it's halfway through the show, Washington, D.C. We get there, do the match. And you know what? I just, I just, ah, oh, I can't, I still, I get to this point, I still can't put it into words. It was just the the overall frustration of the lack of respect for my time and my effort and I'm, I want to give this my all. I want to give this everything I've got. I want to give my whole life, my whole being, my every... I want to give it all to you guys, but you're making it freaking difficult. And I just lost it and I quit. And I just told them, like, I, I'm so unhappy. I'm, I, need, I need it out. And <laughs> So in Washington yeah. that night? Yeah. I, I had show? Oh, sorry, at, after, after the live event, yeah, I just quit. I just straight up... Who did you tell? I told Johnny Ace. I messaged him and said, I can't do that. You know, I'd, I wouldn't even care if they had not let me go. I was not going to show up. I wasn't going to do it anymore because, you know, what? I've like, I've sat back and I've tried to be a good girl my whole freaking life and I've tried to do the best. I've tried to be the most professional. I've tried to do everything by the book in a respectful way all the time. And then I just cracked. I was, yeah, cracked. <laughs> <laughs> lost it you know you just wake up and lose it <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what did he say when you messaged him? Um, I mean, you know what? He was actually really cool with me. I thought that I was just going to get, like, my ass sounded to me. I thought they were going to, you know, be really mad. But I just didn't care at that point. I just was over it. Mm. I was so over it. And it doesn't sound like much of a reason to leave. This shit happens all the time. And I get that. You can call me on the day of a show anytime you like. And, and that's fine. I'll be there. I'll do it. But just... That's just, for some reason, that was just the thing that drove me off the edge. Well, I think you just said the answer and the reason encapsulated in, oh, it's just wrestling. It happens all the time. Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time and enough's enough. You know, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that level of frustration and I get it. You know, it reminds me of ECW and I, was, I would like be sitting there at 4 a.m. knowing that Paulie was going to call me at six <laughs> and tell me to be on the seven thirty from Calgary to frickin' Salt Lake to get to New York, knowing all you had to do was call me. At, yeah, and I'll do at it. <laughs> five o'clock, rest. Like just tell me, man. Yeah, you know, because like you said, it affects your whole being, and you become almost this Pavlovian dog just waiting for the bell to ring yeah it's, honestly it's it cool. felt, yeah it, it, i felt like i had no control over my life i could pretty much kiss goodbye any time like any chance of going home and seeing my family after two and a half years of not seeing them i can kind of kiss that goodbye because that shit ain't happening mm -hmm. so what it got me to the point where i was like what is the point here if why why am i holding on to this so bad do i need this oh. so bad is my entire identity based on whether or not I become WWE champion or not. This is crazy. The sun is still going to shine tomorrow and the birds are still going to sing and I've still got my husband and my dog and my family and my friends. So who f cares? I'm out. I am done. And now I don't care what happens. And luckily I got a phone call and a job. Thank God. Because you know, <laughs> that was another thing that made me like hesitant. I'm not going to lie. It was a very difficult thing for me to do it wasn't like i just went back to the hotel and went oh yeah i'm done no i had a full-on mental freaking breakdown it's actually quite funny at one point um leading up to this uh juice told me that i did like a full-on roman reigns like i i was <laughs> like i was just screams. yeah i just couldn't like i just wanted to change my whole life i just wanted to get out of this I, f I felt stuck. I felt trapped and I did it all to myself and only I could take myself out and take control of my life and finally be happy because it had been years of just constantly being down, really down. I don't, can't do that no more. <laughs> so how did you feel the next day when you woke up and realized that I just quit? So, um, I didn't sleep. I got on a flight and I went home because I figured, well, I'm done now. What, what is the point in staying? People were kind of outraged, I feel, that I, like, bought my ticket and left. It's like, well, it's not like I went to Australia. Like, I just went on a two-hour flight home. <laughs> like, I just went home because I don't work here anymore and there's nothing left to do. But I went home and I was so drained that whole day. I honestly felt so sick and so sad and just it was like a terrible breakup it was like an awful breakup yeah. it was like oh and then um well that night i didn't want to sit in the house alone and joey was doing a show juice he was doing a show in chicago so he kind of dragged me along with him and i was just out in chicago and hanging out and i kind of just had this moment where i turned to him and was like it's gonna be fine i'm just i'm just gonna go back to work 
like, who cares what that is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, maybe I'll go back to Japan and have some really good matches maybe and have some fun and really enjoy myself and work really hard. And I don't, I don't want anyone to think that I left because it was just too damn much. It was just too much trouble. It's not. It's I, w- I want to work. I really yeah. want to work. And I want to, in the years to come, have something I can look back on and be really, really proud of and be a part of something special. Uh, whereas I didn't feel like, I didn't feel very special before. When I left WWE in 2005 for two and a half years, I didn't know, actually at the time, I thought I'm done with wrestling. Um, yeah. Did you ever feel that or did you just feel like I'm going to wrestle again, just not here? Yeah, I was kind of um, in and out of, of feeling both those kind of things. I was feeling a lot of emotions, I guess, because, I mean, I hadn't slept or eaten in days mm. leading up to this point. After all this had happened, all the stress <laughs> of everything leading up to this point, I felt pretty wired. I felt really like, insane and there was moments where i was like i'm never wrestling again i'm done just find something else and then then obviously what else is there <laughs> nothing yeah I, I was kind of up and down with it there was moments of like anger with the entire business and like i don't want to do this anymore and, and then there was moments of like i'll do this forever and yeah. all over the place and i'll get so it was it was up and down to begin with but then it kind of leveled out to hey i want to get back to work and I'm going to take a little break, but then I'm going to get back into it and do what I was meant to so do. So when did you start thinking about AEW? Well, kind of straight away, people were like, oh, well, you're going to go, you're going to go, you know. And, and um, well, it just so happens that I absolutely love what they're doing. I, I wasn't banking on it, of course, when I left. When I left, I had no idea if AEW would have any interest I, I figured it was full, to be honest. I figured with the amount of talent we got here, that they wouldn't have room for me, but I'm lucky. Mm. Just so lucky. I feel so grateful. I really do, because that was that's just a second chance for me to have a job, you know, a damn good one, because mm-hmm. I was ready to throw it all behind me and be like, oh, well, if that's so be it, <laughs> if that's what it is. Because you had, you know, the three-month grace period. or No, actually, when you left... Do they still give you the three months after you... I had three months unpaid, yeah. Gotcha. I, three, I yeah, because you quit, yeah. right. So, but there's a big change, image change, if that's the word for it. Was that something that, that you did by design? Like, when I come back, I'm going to look different because, you you know, you, you did different hair, kind of a different body, different whole vibe. Well, as soon as I quit, I got my extensions taken out, like, the day after the that. The WWE uh, <laughs> uh, former diva... <laughs> Uh, foundation you must have the extensions right <laughs> not that i was ever told to but i was definitely like ha- you know yeah had that and then i i got them i just was like just cut it all off to be honest there was that much extension damage that they kind of had to cut all my hair off <laughs> it was so destroyed it was Why really is that bad? A prerequisite for, for wwe girl uh, i have no idea but you... it's done for me now there's <laughs> no more extensions for me and then i i started really taking good care of myself i started getting back in the gym i stopped drinking not that i was like you know mm, a lush <laughs> not that i was like hammering down ipas every day it was just that i uh i wanted like a full cleanse i wanted all the shit out of my life so i've been really taking care of myself really getting in better shape and this is my shot to really do something cool here so i'm gonna yeah well let's talk about was it where were we spartanburg greenville 
Your your what? Oh, um, your your initial uh, Columbia, de- South Carolina. That was it. Yes, yeah. yes your, your debut uh, appearance. Talk about that because it's always a little bit strange when you're the new kid on the block, <laughs> so to speak. But this was even more of an example of that after you you know had this breakdown and then you do this cleanse and now you're excited to come back to work but it's a whole new atmosphere yeah it was um a trip (laughs) (laughs) it's been a hell of a trip uh it was very last minute very out of the blue yeah i had no idea that that's so uh, thinking that i wouldn't be doing anything for a while at least i went ahead and booked a whole load of stuff and then got AEW. so it's been pretty full on um (laughs) but i was so nervous yeah i felt like i stepped into a whole different world almost like a parallel universe (laughs) (laughs) yeah right it's been a trip but i felt extremely welcome extremely respected and and what did you think? I'm just I'm actually just trying to find the the exact name of the city that we were in. It's I can't remember. It was, like, was it Columbia? You said Columbia. I think that's it. Columbia. Well, exactly. Columbia. Yeah. Columbus. Perfect. Yeah. So um, what what did you think? Like, how did you think the fans were going to react to you? And kind of explain that whole part of it. I was terrified they wouldn't give a crap. No, you or something. <laughs> I was really worried. Um, yeah, I was I was overwhelmed. They they welcomed me so good and um i've been having quite a lot of fun here ever since well from what i remember the crowd was going pretty damn crazy i think you're being a little bit humble here they, they were they pretty were hot <laughs> they were pretty hot for like a little second <laughs> <laughs> so what was your reaction when you heard the, the the monster response oh i was thinking holy shit i hope i don't stink the joint out with this match because that was a really good welcome and yeah. <laughs> whatever i do next <laughs> <Don't> is <laughs> screw up. Well, it's amazing though because i remember when when ruby soho came it was the same thing where she had it was almost a carbon copy of you where she came with a whole new look and a whole new kind of attitude and she walked out and it was just this overwhelming you know people want to see you see you yeah and i think hopefully that validated any kind of doubts you might have had about about you know about leaving and coming back yeah it made me feel really good i felt really i felt pretty cool in that moment yeah Yeah, it was really nice it was it was um yeah it had me emotional (laughs) it was hard to focus after that yeah it's been tremendous so now now it's been six weeks and and kind of the dust has settled and, and and kind of what are some of your feelings and thoughts on AEW in comparison to wwe now this is where i gotta tread carefully (laughs) (laughs) um Hey, I love it. I love it. I love it here because I have so much. I feel like I have creative freedom. I feel like I uh, can express myself more uh, naturally without kind of... I feel like WWE is a bit of the land of no. Some people I've heard some people call it that. How do you mean the land of no? Like, it's great. kind of everything that you... You're told, yeah, you're just really told no a lot. Uh, a lot of your... Uh, ideas your creativity is shut down um, not always not for everyone not yeah. for everyone just for some people I should put out out there it's not some people just obviously can hack it there and that's awesome P- more power to them but yeah yeah it's really hard to compare yeah it's really hard to compare the two except I just feel uh, I feel like I can work more organically here and uh, how do I explain it uh, I'm less uptight, therefore I can perform better. Ah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Wrestling is such a mental game. Yes. As much as a physical game, you know, and yeah. that, that's one thing. You know, I, I can definitely see, tell you the difference on my side of things. You know, whenever you go to, and this once again, this is not bashing. This is just the way it is. You go to WWE, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to go sit in front of Vince's office for two hours until he's ready to see me, and then talk about whatever idea we want to do. And it's 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 very mentally like, okay, here yeah. we go. And it's not like that here. Like you saw, even when you came today, when I got here, talked to some of our producers and directors, went over a couple things, and you're hanging out here and there's no issues and no huh. problems and we get it done and all right guys we'll see you in an hour and that's kind of how it is no no i have to go get this approved it's already approved because we're doing it yeah that i would say was probably the biggest comparison is i'm not like walking on eggshells and there's right. yeah there's been a lot of people that have been there and have come here and they've said the same thing like you're gonna feel like you're walking on eggshells for a while and you're gonna you know but it eases off and it's all good yeah and i think even you told me you're like You'll be waiting for something bad to happen, and it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm taking it one step at a time. But uh, so far, I felt really welcome. I felt really uh, calm. And I feel that that's going to be what will make me perform better and, and overall just do better. Is it uh, – how do I put this? It's a very easy schedule once a week. Sometimes we don't work at all. How is that for you? Um, going back to what I said before about I didn't know I was going to be here, so I booked a ton of stuff. I booked a load of appearances and stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then, so, so far, I have been way busier than I have ever been in years. Great, yeah. yeah um, so far, like the, the signings and stuff, are you doing indie shows too? or uh, Just signings at the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's been... It's been crazy busy. Like I've barely been home in the past six weeks. I've been home like a few days or something <laughs> stupid like that. But that was the biggest misconception people had about me was they thought I didn't like the schedule and I didn't like being busy. But no, I totally do. I love being I, – I love it. I love constantly just being on the road, working because I, I'm not always going to be able to do that. Right. And I, I these are very – crucial important years for me and i need to be on the road every day and so far i have been what kind of feedback are you getting from the fans when they see you great yeah. like it's been really cool going to these signings and being able to talk to the fans and seeing what they what they think of all of it and what their opinions are because i uh i quit and then i didn't see anyone from three months i went back to australia as well for a little while i didn't see anyone i didn't know what i i kind of I, I got myself semi off social media. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't really talking to anyone. I just yeah. kind of took a clean break. So I had no idea what people's thoughts were on the whole thing. And so, so far it's been great to like talk to them and see like, Hey, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I like about here too, is that there's a real open door to, if you want to do signings or if you, like anything you want yeah. to do, as long as we're here on, you know, the Wednesdays and the, and the odd Fridays that we have the rest. Tony's very cool with just, whatever you want to do love it yeah so far it's been great and uh i have uh only fans as well that i can do as as well and that's just more for me to do more stuff for me to be sinking my teeth into and now what do you do dream. on only fans because that's what that's another thing only fans a lot of people think it's like a porn site yeah <laughs> so it's not porn sorry <laughs> um <laughs> but it's uh well basically i don't post too much on instagram so really this is my 
thing that I post to every day. I actually I respond to fans on OnlyFans. Yeah. I interact with them, and they get like a more of a behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. They get like all my all my exclusive photo shoots, all the stuff that I don't necessarily want to just throw on Instagram for free. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is all my good stuff. So uh, I should start on OnlyFans. Can guys do it too? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think this. You know what? You notice there that you go. Though, like if I post a lot on Instagram, even just like you know the algorithms or whatever, is your your likes go down. Mm. It's interesting. So OnlyFans, you don't do that. Hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. I'm I'm I feel pretty grateful that I have. Like what a great modern business yeah, that's right. going on, yeah, you know? Yeah, like it's for yourself. it's great. I love that it it takes out the middleman. All my stuff, all my photo shoots that I sell, all like I get that. So that's really great. <laughs> What's your interactions with Tony been like? Like when you first came in and having him bring you in and that sort of thing. Great so far. I I think the world of him. I really do. I love how much he. I can tell that he really cares about all of us, and he just wants the show to be as best as possible and i think he has really good intentions and i'm so thankful that he gave me a job mm. yeah i so far so good he i i really respect everything that he's done here it's tremendous did you uh kind of study the women's division at least know who's here had you worked with a lot of the girls what did you think about the whole oh yeah it's it's so strong i believe i just see so many girls here that are so hungry and so driven and just, I see a lot of potential for so much good stuff. And these girls want to go, you know, like these, a lot of them are like really, like really driven. And there's not a single one of them that I don't want to be in the ring with. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's so much potential for some really good stuff to come out of it. Mm. And I'm excited, yeah, to really sink my teeth into it. Let's talk about Japan for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure now that things are kind of opening up, is that something that you want to do is return to Japan? I mean, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You really loved it there. I didn't realize how much of a, uh, of how important it became in my life, I guess, because I was kind of swept away with everything that I had going on. I didn't realize that I, in a way, kind of created a second home base there. It turns out... I'd actually really made like close bonds and relationships and you know it, it was something that I put a lot of time and work into and I couldn't help but miss it after a while I couldn't sit there and, and be like oh I'm never going to Japan again like mm. what I, I that's ridiculous I must go back <laughs> so hopefully um if the universe allows it uh I can and if Tony Khan allows it, the boss man allows it, I'll be able to get out when there. When did you start working there? Uh, my first tour, I believe, for stardom was in 2016. And I've, I'd love the place and I want to go out there and do it again, but not, but older now, like more, right. more mature now, because before, even though it wasn't that long ago, like I was still in my early twenties, like. A little party animal out there. Right. Like, not that I didn't take it seriously. Of course yeah, I no. did. But I, you know, I would like to go out there and give it more. This time I didn't. I feel like I can do so much more out there, and I would like to. Wasn't stardom almost though like you would go there for I don't know, for example, for like a month and yeah. wrestle eight times or something like that. Yeah. So the rest yeah. of the time, what, what were you doing there? Hanging out. Hanging out. Like you guys live in one big kind of 
apartment dorm. Oh my god! Or? So the uh, good memories, yeah, good good memories, and a lot of terrible it. memories, but a lot of good <laughs> ones too. Basically, uh, in Stardom, they had an apartment where they would put all the Gaijin foreign girls in there, and you know what? I had the time of my life. <laughs> yeah. The time of my life. I mean, there was times where it was absolutely terrible because you're all sleeping on those little mats on the floor, like being eaten alive by bed bugs, and you're all just like eating convenience store food together on the, you know. But Lawson Station. Yeah, <laughs> but it was so, it, it was so much fun, um, and um, you know, granted, I won't be doing that again. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, it was, it's. It's a really good time. It's a really good time out there. I made a lot of friends. I trained a lot. I got to explore a different culture, a different... I met my husband out there. I... Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I always loved about Japan, like you said, because spending longer times there, you know, because I, I would go there for two tours and then just stay in the middle for 10 days or whatever. Yeah. You know, there really is a lot to explore and a lot to see, and it is a whole different culture shock, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. I uh, the, yeah, there would be random times you were there for a couple of weeks, just on your own, and that that would be hard. I'd find that kind of difficult. But after, so, what would you do? Yeah. Like, do like for, to kill a day if, if you're not training, like just walk the streets? Or would I you guess explore? yes. <laughs> Sometimes, like if my tour was good or bad, it was kind of based on who I was out there with. And if I was out there with a really good group of friends, it would be awesome because we would have places to go and we could go and see like touristy things or just go train in the dojo or hang out or just hang around, hang about and, yeah. and like get to know each other. And I formed a lot of close bonds out there and there was, oh, I always found something to do out there. There was always something, a lot of eating, a lot of <laughs> eating trips, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> Who were the top stars there? Cause some of them are in WWE now, right? Yeah. When, uh, uh yeah. Kyrie, EO, Mayu Iwatani. Um, Is Io Shirai still there? In she's the, in NXT she's still, still I believe. Gosh. Um, See, that's bad when you have to ask if they're still there. Yeah. You know? She's doing great though. Okay, she's good. just the greatest. She's amazing. I was out, I was lucky enough to be out there and start with her and she taught me a lot. So that's one. Stardom still the biggest women's company right now. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're doing really good, and I would like to get back in that mix eventually if I can. Mm. Yeah, if I can, that would be awesome. Do they have any foreigners there, or Gaijing, or was it because of the pandemic they kind of just dropped that? I think the pandemic kind of um, screwed that all up a little bit, but I'm hearing rumblings of people going back, mm. and the quarantine not being such a problem now. So yeah. Yeah. How about in England when you were working there? Like, who are some of the names that you work with that we don't know? Like, who, who's there that should is is ready to come to the next level? Oh, um, so in NXT UK, there's a girl called Isla Dawn who I can see doing really well. She's one of my friends. She's from Glasgow. Uh -huh. uh, she's awesome. She's de um, one I definitely could see. Oh, I've kind of fallen out of the loop there. I'm amazed with actually how quickly I fall out of the loop with everything when right. I move from it. Of course. Yeah. Well, the UK scene was so thriving too prior to the pandemic. Yeah. But I think now it's back again. But there's so many wrestlers. Like even sometimes just on Twitter and from scrolling through, I'm like, where are these people from? There's there's tons. Yeah. So much talent. I always thought that the, there's just so much, um, so many hidden gems in the UK. Mm. Um, even my trainer out there, Dean Ormark, was just is just phenomenal and so underrated. And I learn a lot from him and guys like James Mason, uh, just tremendous, tremendous right. people that I learned 
I was lucky enough to learn from. So was the NXT UK kind of meant to be like, I, I almost feel that WWE signed a lot of people just so they couldn't go anywhere else. But is it kind of like another uh, level to like, do you, the NXT UK people, is their goal to then get moved to NXT? Yeah. So it's almost like there's WWE, SmackDown, Raw, then NXT, then NXT UK. So it's like even another step further down the ladder i'd say so yeah. but it's doing really well out there in england they've got um it's on it's on tv and they um i know a lot of the people are really happy there and it was a good time there i actually had a really um i had a tremendous time in nxt uk because i could make you know the occasional trips out to the u.s as well right. and do stuff and kind of mix it around and i was still allowed to do stardom and other indies at the time so it was that was good Let's talk a little bit about your NXT time as we start to, to wind down because we just kind of briefly went through it. You did have some, some. You mentioned you were the champion there and, and uh, had some success in the UK. Yeah. Oh, in the UK. So, so who did you beat for for the title in the UK? Rhea Ripley, ah. who's gone on to do tremendous things. Yeah, she's yeah. Australian, right? Yes. And your original background is from New Zealand. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> <laughs> you still got the New Zealand accent, the Kiwi accent. You can though. hear it. There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> you never, uh, the rule, never tell a Kiwi that they're from Australia. Yes, That's, just like you never tell a Canadian that they're American. That's right. Yeah. It's grounds for for a beat, beat down. Oh, you know. You know. <laughs> so Rhea started out in NXT UK as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, she was in NXT, but she would come out to NXT UK with us. Okay. And so she kind of did the crossover for a bit. Who in NXT UK needs to get a chance on the big stage? Isla Dawn, I'd say. That's from the one. yeah, she's How phenomenal. About the guys? Uh oh, the guys. Um, I'm trying to I was think. a big fan of the I mean he's called Butch now, but were they the mustache mountain guys, those three cats? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I thought they could I thought they should have brought those guys in as a trio and just beat the shit out of everybody build them you know but that's not how it works <laughs> yeah the land of no yeah the land of no the land of no how about in uh, in nxt usa kind of what was some of, some of the things uh, you did there i feel it wasn't your typical nxt usa that i was a part of because it it was going through pandemic <laughs> it was pandemic yeah. nxt All right so it was a little strange um i had just moved out to the u.s i was kind of getting situated there it was it was kind of easy you know I, it was weekly maybe um but in front of nobody in front of nobody it was hard i'm not gonna that. lie that totally sucks oh i hated that <laughs> i can't i can't just i remember someone was and, like oh it must be so hard for the young guys i'm like the young guys fuck the young guys it's hard for me i've been wrestling in front of thousands and thousands of people for 25 years this sucks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was rough i'm not yeah. gonna lie like the screens and stuff i'm not a fan how I was mean, the screens? What was the deal with that? Like, so weird. I don't know. I still don't know. I mean, it's pretty good, but... Was it almost like a television studio where you would go and just work to the wall here and there's nothing behind you sort of thing? Is yeah, that what it was? yeah. Or they would have like a handful of NXT people kind of helping you, like cheer for you and stuff, but it's like not very many people and it, it kind of sucks. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be brutally honest, it's... Like, it's nothing like having people there. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Rough. Yeah. Kind of, uh, like, it, it was hard to get pumped up. To be honest, it was hard to get fired up to go into a match mm. because there's no one there. And you're like, oh, God, I can hear the electronic bloody <laughs> crowd noise. It's, not, like- <laughs> it's almost like electronic people, like facade, right? Yeah. Like. 
Yeah, when not, we, when we first started ours, I was like, we should, maybe should we do like some kind of a Zoom thing? And and Tony was like, no way, and absolutely not. And he had the idea. Actually, I had the idea. What was I calling him? I said, like, what are we gonna do? Like, why don't we, why don't we introduce a guy called DJ Audience? And his job is he's in the audience and he's a DJ and he just plays crowd noises. Yeah. <laughs> you see, <laughs> they were just I trying like to throw that. darts, right? DJ Audience. <laughs> and uh, Tony was like, well, he he had just seen. I think it was Conan or something like that, or, or uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and the crowd was the studio guys. Yeah, like the people that were in the cameras, and, and that's kind of where we had the idea yeah. to just have the extras just yeah. sitting around the audience. Uh, that the helps. It did. It yeah. gave us something. Yeah, for a while there was people in pods, and they could bang on the oh yeah yeah thing, and that was nice, but. Oh, dark times. I felt really bad for everyone that had to do that way longer than I did. There was people that had to do that for so long. Yeah. Oh. 18 months. Yeah. Oh, I only, like, like I was lucky. I only had to do a handful of time, but that, that shit's rough. For yeah, oh, yeah. Everyone involved. Well, like, like we said, just imagine, you, you know, you, it wouldn't have happened if you would have made your AEW debut in front of, you know, the camera people, the Zoom yeah. people. You Some know. iPads. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, last few things. You mentioned that you just went back to Australia, yeah. which is, that's basically where you grew up, right? Even yes. Oaks. So what what are some of the things, uh, you know, let's get a little Australian here. Like if you <laughs> asked me from a Canadian standpoint, what do you miss about Canada? What did you miss about going back to Australia? The people, the foods, give us some yeah, examples of stuff. Yeah, the food like is what, unreal. Like what kind of food? Um, what kind of food do you get there that you can't get here? A chicken palmy. If you're <laughs> ever in town, you got to get yourself a chicken palmy. Uh, unreal. I had like 20 of those. Uh, the coffee is unreal. There's definitely a difference between the coffee out here than there is. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not shitting on anyone. <laughs> the American coffee makers aren't going to have a problem. I'm not shitting on anyone on this podcast. Just yeah. want to set that yes, straight, please. including the American coffee. I'm just saying that the Australian <laughs> coffee is way better. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. I missed a lot of things. I missed a lot of people. Obviously, I missed my family. I hadn't seen my mom and sister in two and a half years, and I thought, "Wow, yeah, this is." Uh, what's a, it what's weird. a food that you only get in Australia? That you, like like Canada's poutine, oh. for example. Oh, I love a it's, poutine. It's, it's 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 permeated now, but for a while, like poutine was like just this Canadian weird thing. Is there something like that in Australia? Okay, so there's this bag of chips this this brand of chips crisps you know the ones yeah, crisps the cr crisps yeah. <laughs> um they they have them in like every pub bar whatever they're really popular out there red rock deli honey soy chicken flavor oh <laughs> the, i don't know what's on them probably something illegal it's yeah really good they just i don't know they they yeah that's definitely i could just eat bags of them out there i did and you did, and with did. the chicken parm. And the shrimp is also phenomenal in Australia. The seafood. The, the, the big shrimp? The, yeah, the yeah. big ones from the supermarket are literally the best. Well, see, that's <laughs> the thing with Australia is like anywhere that you go is basically on the coast. Yeah. It's Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide on the east, and then Perth yep. on the west, and basically nothing in the middle, right? Yeah, like, do people much. Do people drive <laughs> coast to coast there? Uh not that I know of. It's like Can't say nothing, I've met right? anyone. Yeah, I think it takes like days and it's a terrible terrain. Yeah, there's nothing there, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Gosh. a bit of sand. It's sand. And kangaroos. That's about it. Yeah. Koalas. Um, so last question for you now that, that we're here in AW. You mentioned that there's a lot of people here that you want to work with. You have a big match tonight with Jamie Hayter. Yes. Have you worked with Jamie before? A little bit in gotcha. England, oh, just, England? Okay. Uh, just for a second. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and last week, of course, at Rampage. Right, right, right. 
Who else do you want to work with here? Like, what's your kind of overall goal oh, in AEW? Um, I I have to get in there with Britt Baker sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she causes a bit of a stir, so I need to get in there with her for sure. Uh, oh God, this that's such a hard thing. You know, this just they're so good. Everyone. I'd Did like, you ever work with Sheeta or Riho? They weren't Stardom girls. They weren't Stardom girls. I never got to work with them. So yeah, yeah I oh that would be great. Actually, uh, I lie. I tell a lie. Uh, when I was 17, I did a really quick tour in Japan for Reina, really quick, really random, and I randomly wrestled Cheetah in a tag. 17? Yeah. Wow. That was ra- totally random, just two shows. I was still living in Australia at the time. I just did oh two like, shitty matches in Japan. I love how that was. Like My first tour in Japan, I was 19. Like How the hell did we end up in Japan as teenagers? I don't like, know. Who would do that? Could you even get do that now? Like, would that ever be allowed in 2020? Like, you're a freaking teenager. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. they, uh, that's the crazy part I always thought about. Um, the Japanese wrestling scene is you could literally have a match with a 14 year old girl out there, and it's, yeah. Like, they're so good, too. It's crazy. It's just, yeah. That's kind of the Commonwealth thing, too, in the UK and Australia. Start training very, very young. Yes. Right? Yeah. I was like 13, far too young. Right. Like, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you. What's your favorite match that you ever had? Oh, uh, maybe me and Mako Satamura, the Mae Young. I love that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had one um, uh, 2018, I believe it was. So the Mae Young Classic was like, was it like kind of a round robin tournament to create a champ? champion or was just a tournament winner or? yeah it was um i i guess the idea was just to get in uh girls from anywhere and everywhere and big tournament towards a potential title match which led me to beat rhea ripley for the nxt uk so that kind of all flowed did you win the tournament i won the my second tournament yeah oh I, you won the may young Classic. i won the may young well, yeah that was good that was fun that's yeah i uh, see that's what i mean like i did I did have so many good times in yeah. WWE, so it's hard for me to be totally mad. I guess it just didn't work who was, out. Who was your go-to in NXT? Like when you're doing the May Young tournament, who's kind of? I mean, obviously Triple H is. Yeah. Is, it was kind of the head of state there. Was he the guy that was kind of guiding you along and helping you out? Or yes, he. Um, I loved working for him. He helped a lot. I worked with him and Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg, mm-hmm. and I see great, great people to learn from. Um, incredible. Yeah. I got to learn from Finley a little bit there. Uh, Finley my, always took a, a, a lot of time and yes. a great interest in the women's division. Phenomenal, yeah. yeah. Scotty Too Hotty, yeah. all those guys. Um, I I really got to learn a lot when I was there. So um, yeah, it's bittersweet that it all went down like that. But I well, super grateful. They're super all gone, gone pretty yeah. much too, right? So yeah, I'm just I'm glad I got to experience all that while it lasted. And and you're glad to be in AEW now. <laughs> Yeah, look at me go. Have you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have such a, you can tell how happy you are to be here. So I am really happy. Yeah. This place makes me totally happy and I'm over the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you and you have to get ready for your match tonight. It's yes, a good one. I do. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you.